Welcome back to a new episode of the Shoot the Shot podcast. I'm your host, Mark Demonte Furtado. And today, we're discussing how somehow, after that rant in last episode, that shocking Arsenal team, somehow, with their calamitous defending, managed to beat the champions and beat Liverpool yesterday in quite a remarkable game, actually. So, I guess today, to discuss the game, uh, my mates and fellow Arsenal fans who have been on plenty of other episodes, Teddy Himes and Leonard Pratt. So, guys, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> After I saw the lineups, I was like, we're so going to get slapped up by Liverpool because we rested players and they went with a full strength team. And I saw the lineup and I was just like, it's going to be like a massacre, like 3 4 5 0. And it's going to be probably one of our most embarrassing performances. So, Teddy, how surprised were you that we actually managed to win? Yeah, I mean, like, absolutely gobsmacked. Um, that was almost the last thing I was expecting. Um, I, I mean, what I was so surprised about, I wasn't expecting Liverpool to make mistakes like that either. Um, Van Dijk and Alisson, like, two of their most consistent and best players this season, um, the best defender in the world, the best keeper in the Premier League, um, just gifting us two goals. I mean, I didn't think this was like a vintage, brilliant Arsenal performance. If anything, um, I thought Liverpool were off the pace and stuff like that. But we took our chances and defended decently in the second half. So, got to give credit where it's due. And yeah, really surprised. Hopefully, it gives us confidence going into the game on Saturday. Yeah, then, um, do you echo those thoughts or do you think that we actually kind of deserve that win? I mean, I agree with Teddy. I mean, we didn't deserve anything from the game. At the end of the day, I saw the 2-1 and I was like, I'll take it, I'll take it. It wasn't, it wasn't like the prettiest win. We did not play at all. I think, like, creativity-wise, we're really lacking creativity. But Liverpool were poor. Uh, credit to Lacazette. He's fine. I think he's kind of getting his confidence back in and he's kind of scoring more. Uh, Reese Nelson, really excited for him. It was a good goal. Good, excellent finish, I have to say. Yeah, very well. Very well, but yeah. At the same time, it was uh, it was one of those games that we we shit house shit house to win. I mean, we didn't deserve it, but we got it. So yeah, I'm happy. It reminded me of like prime Simeone. Like we had two shots on target, both of which were goals. And I mean, obviously they were obviously Liverpool mistakes, but I think I think you could also put them down to like Arsenal's pressing because. I think we've clearly been seeing, like, in recent weeks, what Arteta is trying to do with, like, the front players trying to press up. Because we saw it with Nketiah's goal against Southampton, and we also saw it with Ober's goal recently. I can't remember which game it was. But I think clearly we're, like, pushing up the field, like, really extensively. And yeah, even though it was Liverpool's mistakes, I think some credit's got to go to us in that sense. I think, like, Arteta mentioned it in the post match interview about how our commitment and intensity is now where he wants it to be and like matching that at Liverpool's and I agree with that I think like there was a huge shift collective shift and a lot of good teamwork and leadership at the back um, and good press in the front which led to our two goals but I, I still massively um, so side with Arteta he was very honest so there, like as he said there's an enormous gap in quality between the two teams uh, both throughout the whole season and, and yesterday as well like Liverpool were like an off the pace Liverpool were pretty rampant. They had what seventy percent possession second half, twenty four shots to three and stuff like that. And like they they weren't they they weren't very good Liverpool. But yeah, yeah, we still managed to steal and win somehow. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, let me go ahead. I was going to say, I like everything. The steel was amazing. Like, I think we were basically in, in, our, in our own half for most of the game. We barely got out at all. I mean, the pressing, the pressing works. I think we should stick with it. Uh, but, yeah, was, I'm still amazed at the fact that we won. I think, like, I think, like, holding and Tierney impressed me, like, immensely. I thought Tierney was just excellent again. He really locked up um, Mon- um, Salah, like, absolutely. Like, and I just don't understand why, like, he's played as, like, centre-backs before for Celtic and Scotland. Like, why wasn't he being played there instead of Kalasenak? And we just put Kalasenak as the left wing back or Saka there. And I was like, why, why, why didn't he do this earlier? I mean, I mean, I think whilst Tinney is good at left back, I think when you, I mean, it's, it's like he can play centre back. I do think left back is where he lies. So I do think he does his crossing is ten times better than Kalasenach. His defending would also be ten times better. So I think, I think also Oteto is experimenting just to see uh, if Kalasenach could play the LCB role. I mean, we've, we've clearly found out that he can't. But I mean, it was a good experiment. We kind of learned. We learned more. We saw good things from Tierney. We saw what Kajan can't do and why he probably should be sold at the end of the season or next season, I think. But, yeah, I, I do like Tierney. I do like Tierney in the left-back position. But I do think when we play three at the back with left wing-back, he, he's better as a left wing-back than as like a standard left-back. He didn't, he didn't get that far forward yesterday. I mean, he's playing the left centre-back role, so I wouldn't expect him to, but mm. I was very impressed with him. I don't think yeah. anything got very far forward. Like, <laughs> True. Um, no one got forward. Pretty much 11 men, like goalkeeper in the 10, 10 month back line, <laughs> like, at some point. Um, sure. What I thought was interesting was um, Willock as a false nine. Um, I was, I was not a fan. Not a fan. Um, and using it was kind of like a 5 2 1 2 with like actually the, the two most advanced players were Bamiang and Pepe, yet they were on the mm-hmm. wings. And, and yeah. Ketchy, um, sorry, not Ketchy, Willock was the most forward um, person in the middle, was kind of playing as like a withdrawn false nine. And it, it was quite interesting. I'm not sure. We didn't really provide much attacking threat, but I didn't think we would have provided much threat regardless. So if that helped us set up a decent kind of, uh, like, set us up decently defensively and gave us two outlets on the wings as well, um, with Pepe and Vanyang's pace. I think he also really wanted to give Lacazette a bit of a break as well in like in lieu of Saturday's game. So I think it was it was actually a great game for all around because like we didn't like Oba got a bit of rest, he only played a half. Um Laka got some rest, got some great goals. Overall I think like Arteza played this one perfectly. He got the team selection right, gave everyone a game, we won somehow. Holding, I think holding has to start next game now. He like yeah. even though Mane scored. I think he was up for the physical battle today. Like he handled Mane, even though Mane like they were still like running over us. But holding, holding like is always up for the fight, and that's what I've always appreciated about like Rob Holding. And like he's not going to bow down to like the pressure of like the massive physical battle. And I, I want him to start on Saturday. No, I mean we can say Arteta got got his choices right. We came away with the three points and stuff, but ultimately. We're only saying he got it right because we got a win, which was essentially yeah. given to us by Liverpool. Like, yeah. and like, if this was before Liverpool had won the league, there's no way they, they'd have played in the same way. And like, like 25 minutes to go, taking off Salah, taking off Firmino and stuff, and bring on Shakiri and people like that. Like, if they really need to win this game, they'd have kept Salah and Firmino on and stuff like that. So, 
I think we need to put it a bit into perspective, of course. But, like, yeah, they were promising sides, particularly with the pressing and the intensity and commitment, without question. And I thought Xhaka as well, um, I thought was brilliant. Again, um, a huge fan of Granit Xhaka recently, actually. I think the Blake's class. I think um, Arteta's system, like, I think Shaq um, is really crucial to how I think Arteta really wants to play. And I think, I think he's the first manager who's actually used him how he should be used as yeah. the Xabi Alonso type of player, just to yeah. play the passes. And I was actually very excited to see Torreira back into the team. I thought he played quite well initially. He was actually getting around a bit. Yeah. Special credit for getting a yellow card nine seconds into the second half. <laughs> 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 what, what, what was he doing? Like, great effort. I, mean, he was, I think he was just a bit over exuberant, but I think we did miss Sabayas' passing in that game a bit. But like, yeah, yeah, we, we missed creativity Sabayas provides us. So I, I think without Sabayas uh, in the middle, like trying to create some stuff, we don't actually have that much creativity. Like, yeah. I think because Pepe would drop, Pepe or Aubameyang would like drop back and then they receive the ball in like near midway and then they like run into like three Liverpool plays. And like end up losing the ball, didn't really have much creativity in that game. But I mean, it was against Liverpool though. So. It, realistically, there was like even if Sabios, even when Sabios was playing, when he would try and pass the ball up, like no one would be, be there to even cap, like get that ball. Like it was just continuous one-way traffic the whole game, basically. Yeah, I think that was a good move. Actually, I do think actually in games such as the Liverpool game, um, Torreira is a better fit than Sabios in terms of the intensity he brings in midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if we're not going to have that much of the ball, then Sabayos can become a bit of a passenger. Um, and we're like, we can just have one playmaker in Xhaka and a ball harrier in Torreira. I think it's actually a good move. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if we see the same thing against Manchester City, actually. Or, in fact, I, will be, I would be surprised because I think Sabayos will play, but I don't necessarily think he should play despite improved form. I think I'd go with Torreira and Xhaka again. I think ultimately, like if we could play all three, that'd be the best because you yeah, could have rarer shielding and Shaka and things actually pulling the strings. But that that is the kind of the limitations of the formation where we are losing the extra man in midfield. And in certain games like this, like it really costs us because we were just completely overrun in that midfield. Like we, there was just no outlet whatsoever. But I mean, it only works, and we only have this issue with like about the defense and stuff. So. I actually thought initially when I heard the team sheet, it was going to be like a 4-2-3-1. But obviously that was quickly proved false by the end. Yeah. I'll um, tell you what, I think worth yeah. discussing um, in terms of VAR and the referees. Um, I was just going to come on to that. With... Uh, if Nketiah's red card, if Nketiah's challenge against Leicester was a red card, then surely Alexander-Arnold had to be sent off. That's what I was yeah. saying. Uh, so like, there was, there's no consistency with this VAR yeah. whatsoever. Like... No. It didn't even go through a review. It was an absolute joke. Like, I mean, we kind of just, like on this podcast a couple of weeks ago, we just about agreed that Nketiah probably deserves to be sent off. Mm-hmm. On the same basis, Trent Alexander-Arnold should have been sent off as well. It's, it's an honest attempt to win the ball. But he's gone in high on Arnold's leg. Um, he hasn't seen the player. It's complete, no malice. I'm not having a go at uh, Trent, but it's a red card. He hasn't got the ball. He's gone in high. Um, like there has to be consistency with this. Um, otherwise, otherwise it means nothing. Nothing. We dropped two points at home to Leicester because of the red card. Thankfully, we won this game, but Trent should have been sent off. 
Leonard? Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything. I mean, Trent should have been sent off. If you're going to send off uh, Eddie, Trent deserves to be sent off. I mean, I think it's just a problem with the... the one problem with the VAR, I think the main big thing is lack of consistency between the referees and the games. Each game, uh, each time it's like a professional decision, they're not like it's oh, and some refs might be like might well, some refs won't give it. Sometimes they do give it, and it's like kind of they should. Like, I think the like the referees should actually have to like, explain it after after the game, or whatever. So I didn't give Alexander Arnold a red card for bloody this reason. Was it even reviewed? No, that, that's the problem I have, is it no one's to review. Like, I understand the yellow card, and Ketchy was given a yellow card to start with as well. Just why was it not then sent to a review? I think it's the Arsenal agenda as well. I yeah. do think, especially, like, the ref, refs do have a thing against us, especially when it comes to, like, VAR. I do feel like we are robbed a lot of the time and don't get as many decisions as, like, other teams do in their favour. And with regards to, like, Going to VAR, how how much worse did Nketiah's challenge look when you watched it 10, 15 times in slow motion? Like, And it was the same with Trent when we saw it on Sky five, 10 minutes later in slow motion 10, 15 times. Like, when I first saw the Trent tackle, I thought, oh, classed him a bit, probably a yellow card, like I thought with Nketiah. But then you watch it 10, 15 times in slow motion, your perception completely changes the tackle. And he, was, he was like above the shin pad. Like, he was really high. He was like the same yeah. as like Nketiah. It was a red card. If if and catches is a red card, that's a red card. I think both of them lie on the margin, but it's a red card. And to think it. Arsenal tried to appeal and Ketty's red card and didn't get and got rejected. So how does that work? Like, surely, can you like appeal it not being sent off? Like, how does that work? Like, it's just not fair, like whatsoever. Well, I think Arsenal don't stand to gain anything through that appeal. So I, I guess that's the problem, isn't it? But should should the Premier League just step in and ban him retrospectively, regardless? Like, I mean, they've done it. They've done it with like disciplinary things, but I don't think you can really do that in this situation because, like, no. I think the clearly the VAR seen the incident and they've seen it as like, okay, it's fine, it's only a yellow. But then they slowed it down for Eddie's. So how does that work? I, I can see that at the time. Like, if you just watch one replay, like you go, yeah, yellow card, move on. But like, do we then have to slow the game down massively so VAR can look at that two or three times in slow motion? And then go actually, ref, stop the game. We need to we need to look at this 10, 15 times. Go see the pitch side monitor, and come to the conclusion that we need consistency in this, and that's a red card. I think with like I think FIFA took over like the VAR ruling now and stuff. So I think I think they've clearly seen that it's an issue, and I think they're trying to fix it. And you know, good old Arson, he's up there in like the FIFA headquarters now. So I think he's he's trying to fix the issue, but I don't see any like way. This is getting fixed like anytime soon, really. No, no. I, mean, I think it's going to be a problem for the next few years. I mean, VAR's only been one year in the UK, so I think we we still like we're still going to have some problems, and we're going to like gradually learn. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess um, I don't know if you guys saw the news. Um, so apparently David Ornstein reported that um, Ainsley wants to be sold this summer. Because apparently, so he's not getting a lot of game time and stuff. Need things like he might pastures might be greener and new. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on this, Leonard? Do you want to go first with the ANC take? Yeah, I mean, I was pretty surprised when I saw it, but at the same time, I think it's kind of understandable because we bought Cedric, 
Uh, Bellerin is the number one starter. I mean, we can see it. I've seen it. Bellerin can, is definitely starting ahead of him. And Niles has like come out and said before that he doesn't doesn't prefer to play right back. So if I if if I was him, uh, I I could see why he would say I I don't want to I want to leave. Uh, try and get competition in the midfield, maybe somewhere else. I don't know though, but I mean. Milinovs is good, but at the same time, I don't think he's that amazing. So I wouldn't be too worried if I if we lose him on the transfer. Mm-hmm. So I would I would be if he if he does leave. I mean, bye. I mean, shut the door. If we get decent fee, because I think he's English, he's pretty young as well. So I think we can actually get a decent fee for him. So and that I mean, we can reinvest that money. So I'll go for it. Seven. Teddy. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't think he's he's particularly great. Um, he's a useful squad player, but nothing more than that. Like if we can get 15, 20 million for him, I'd let him go. And I, I can see why he wants to go as well. He doesn't play. He's not being played where he wants to play, and he's not getting very many minutes. So I think actually it'd be a move which suits both parties. So yeah, makes perfect sense. I'd let him go. Yeah, he's, he's got a contract till twenty twenty three. So we've we've locked him down. He can we can easily definitely get. I think I don't think Arsenal are going to sell him for anything less than fifteen twenty million. I think he's got a long-term deal. They're under no real pressure to sell. But if they got the right deal in, I think... I mean, I think Everton, you know, if they want to pay us another 15, 20 million for one of our academy graduates, we can gladly take him. But I don't know, like, he wants to be a midfielder. But, like, realistically, where where would he play in the midfield? He's not really strong enough to box to box. He's not really got the, like, attacking prowess to play, like, attacking midfield. He's not really a defensive midfielder. So... Can he really make it as a midfielder? I have no idea. Niles, like as you said, he doesn't have all the attributes that you think a great midfielder would have or needs, like to, to do at least one position. So it's, it's it's all a bit up in the air with him. I mean, uh, I th- I think he he attacking midfielder possibly. I think I, I can see what I can see where he considers himself in midfield, but. I don't think he has a technicality. I, he hasn't got that much flair either. He, when he plays right, right back, like he doesn't. He does create, but at the same time, he's not got too much flair. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Um, so then, I guess like one of the few other things I wanted to do. Um, I, wa- I did want to get some Liverpool fans on here. Um, I d- in the reality, I didn't realize that we would win, and we'd actually be like actually happy about this. But I actually wanted to do a bit where um, we like rank. So like, where does this Liverpool team rank as within the pantheon of great Premier League champions? Um, personally, for me, I don't even think they're in the top five. But Teddy, what do you think? I I think that's a bit harsh. Um... I think all this crowning of them as the best team in Premier League history is so premature and a massive media hype. Um, in the end, we've spoken about them going unbeaten, the, um, the win every home game, the 100 points, and they're not going to make any of them. They're a good team, but I really think a lot of their success is down to a lack of competition this year as well, with the exception of City, who have had a reasonably bad year themselves, but are a great team on their day. There isn't really any competition. Any competition at all. This is the worst Arsenal team in Premier League history, the worst Chelsea team in 20 years, the worst Spurs team in 10. United are improving but aren't great still. Like some of their closest competition are Leicester and Wolves and stuff. This is a weak Premier League. Don't get don't get me wrong. In terms of in terms of top four, top six, there are only two good teams in there. Um, I still think, however, they are a very very good team. Um, 
I think to not put them in your top five is harsh, um, especially considering what they managed last year as well, when they were incredibly unlucky not to win the league. They lost. In, in becoming champions, from the start of the 2018, start of 2018-19 season to becoming champions, they lost two games out of about 70. Like, it's an unbelievably good effort. Um, they score lots of goals. They score play attractive football with a brilliant front, front three and a brilliant centre-back. Like, for me, I think... I think it might be... I think, for me, they're my fourth best team in Premier League history. So, in no, like, real particular order, because, like... So, like, in the top two is definitely the Invincibles and the treble-winning team of United, 99. That's got to be up there. City's 100 points. That's got to be up there. For me, United in 08 are brilliant when they won the league and the Champions League with Pepe, Rooney and Ronaldo up front. That was definitely up there. Um, The first Arsenal double, the first team to do the domestic double, Mm -hmm. that was up there. Um, The City, the Chelsea team with the most wins in Premier League history, that's up there. I just don't know, are the, is this Liverpool team better than those teams? They're about to win 99 points. Right? Yeah. They're good. They're very they good. They are good. I think, I think it's good. Liverpool, they, they are a very good team, but I do have to say the other teams, especially like last past few years, the other teams of Premier League, like top six sides, have really, like the competition and like the quality has really dropped. I do think next year is going to be a bit more competitive. Chelsea might be better. Uh, we, we possibly, depending on transfers, uh, could be better. I mean, we'll see next year, I think. I think last, next year, I don't think Liverpool are going to have it as easy. I definitely think Man City are coming back stronger next year, definitely. I don't think. And I think there there's some cracks in that Liverpool armour. Like, I definitely think, like, like Man City kind of showed them up that day when they beat them 5-0. Like, yeah, for me, there's, there's not much squad depth in the Liverpool team. Um, you see when they bring on their subs like people like Origi, Minamino, uh, Naby Keita are so, are so much worse than their starting players actually. Um, I, I think that's really important actually because they can't just keep playing the same 11 players no matter how good they are week in, week out because um, it will come up to, to, it will catch you up. Yeah, and I think that's where, like, especially if they continue like the five subs rule, like like City's squad is just unbelievable like they've got what two for every single position like apart from like their centre-backs and I definitely think they're buying some high quality centre-backs this summer like and they're just I, I really think City are going to win the league next year um, yeah potentially um, I, I'm not a fan of the five subs next season like I said mm-hmm. um, don't like it uh, decreases competition only favours the big teams like most rules these days yeah, I hope they stick with the three. But like, I think, I think depending on how long the kind of off season, off period is, they might have to kind of keep it in just in case. Like, so like, because as long as I think coronavirus is around, I think you do need a bit of it. But I think they only bought it in mostly for fitness and everything. So like, yeah, yeah, I agree. I I can see it for project restart, but what when we have preseason and the next season starts, like we should just have three subs, like no normal. Um, <laughs> Five subs is pointless. Mm. Um, the only benefit is it gives young players a chance. It might be, which is, which is good. That's true. Oh. I mean, um, Liverpool do have some exciting youngsters, to be fair, coming through. Rian Brewster, which everybody seems to hype up. And then, like, I, I Harvey Elliott. Right. I, I think Harvey Elliott could be a baller. I've never seen him play. 
He looks but, like an absolute knob, but he's he's got he's actually got tackles. Sorry for a penalty against Arsenal in the league cup. Yeah. If we're talking about divers, did you see Jack Relish? Yeah, uh, I, I, I didn't see this one actually. <laughs> it's it's honestly the funniest thing you see. Like, so he's like the defender's like at least like a meter away from him, not even in the frame, and he's turned around, nobody next to him, and he just flops onto the floor. I actually I can't remember. Did he? I'm assuming he got a yellow card for that, right? I don't think he did. I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was like, just, a very blatant dive. And then, like, obviously, um, the United star boy um, Bruno Fernandez, he also dived. Yeah, he's a, he's a massive diver. I mean, United is getting a rubbery green with these penalties, then they? they've now got more penalties, more penalties this season than any team's ever got. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they've got more than like Arsenal have had in like the last six years or something. Yeah, like, something yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah, that's a crazy. Yeah. It's not the right place to get penalties. I mean, it's, it is kind of scummy, but at the same time, it, is, it does actually get like it's a good tactic sometimes. Especially with United yeah. players, like they can all set, they all can all sell it to like a referee. Just play the game fairly. Like, there's no need to dive. Like, like going back to the greatest team in Premier League history, I feel like recently. I don't know if it's just because I'm an Arsenal fan, but I feel like recently, to in the media and on on social media amongst like football meme pages or whatever, like there's been a massive disrespect starting to be shown towards the Invincibles. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, they weren't as good as we all think they were. They only got 90 points. They were out in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Um, they they drew twelve games and stuff like that. But I think Liverpool, since they since Project Restart, since they were lift, uh, with Crown Jet Premier League champions, has really proven that's a really like foolish way of looking at the whole situation because it shows the kind of mental fortitude to, to never lose a game, yeah. uh, and the kind of discipline and um, togetherness which that requires. So I think actually I think a bit more respect needs to be put on the Invincibles. I'm not necessarily saying they're the best team in Premier League history. But I do believe it's the best managerial achievements in Premier League history. Yeah, I, mean, I 100% agree. And then to think about it, because like Arsenal wrapped up that league season with four games to go. And to think like they still didn't lose a game even after winning the league. And Liverpool, unfortunately, have twice. Like, it's not easy. Like, and to think like also the, did you guys see what Pep was saying about how like Wenger was came like 25 years ago, he spent like hundreds and hundreds of millions of pounds like trying to defend like their finance. Oh, that's actually another thing we didn't get to talk about. City's uh, financial fair play. Um, obviously, it um, got overturned, their appeal. And I guess the topic is, um, is financial fair play dead? I mean, yes, but at the same time, no. I mean, because like, I, I was reading the ruling. The main reason why it got overturned was because they said it was the offences related to like past five years, basically. And then... So they said that the offences were committed with it like after part like more than five years ago, and that's why they couldn't consider a lot of the evidence or whatnot. Which basically means City did did do it and were guilty. They also like hid evidence or whatever didn't cooperate with the uh, with UEFA. So yes, I mean City like fair play to them, scummy bastards got away with it. But I think financial fair play is probably is most definitely gonna gonna change. I don't know what you guys are gonna do. I think they probably might increase the fines because I think ten million fine. Was yeah. it City got it's like petty change? Petty yeah. change. That's, I think yeah. I think they probably change like fines to be like percentage of revenue, or whatever, to actually hurt the clubs, or whatever. If you do get caught, 
I mean, I, I think financial fair play was dead a long time before this. I think if yeah, we when, when Neymar and Mbappe were signed in the same summer, yeah. that's when it died. I mean, if we can get to a situation where clubs aren't just bankrolled by individuals, but by nation states such as um, Qatar with PSG or the UAE with um, with Abu Dhabi with um, Manchester City, that's a joke. Like people shouldn't be allowed to invest like. If nations shouldn't be able to invest their sovereign wealth funds and stuff. This is a, this is the people's game. It's, it's it, financial fair play was dead a long time before this. When you're able to have teams and spending like 200, 400 million um, in a summer, and it, it's it's and it only makes the Champions League uncompetitive. We just see the same eight eight teams just dominate the whole thing. Like that's why teams like Ajax are so refreshing. But what happens? They just get all their best players stripped. Um, and like, yeah, it, it's been dead a long time. And something massively needs to change. Maybe it's a salary cap, like they have in the rugby premiership, or something along those lines. But they've got to find a way to make it things more competitive, and not just about how wealthy your owner is. Yeah, and no, I definitely think like, I think some clubs are, must be infuriated by this. The ones who have like followed the rules, and to yeah. think like. They could have, like, they just didn't find, like, they didn't sanction the transfer because it would take them over financial fair play. But they've seen that people like City have got away with it and countries like another club like uh, PSG as well have also got away with it. And I actually just think, like, other clubs are also going to be super brazen about it. They're just going to be like, yeah, buy anyone. In reality, we'll, you know, make the statute of limitations pass and we just won't we'll get away with it. Like... It's clear, like, UEFA has just messed up. So, clearly, they've messed up, like, the legal proceedings. Like, their lawyers, have, they, they fucked it up somehow. Like, how do you not know that the statute of limitations have passed? Like, what are they doing? It, they've just looked like an absolute fool by bringing this whole investigation and then failing to do anything. Yeah. So, then, um, looking forward to the City game. Um, I'm... I'm not confident at all. In fact, I'm probably even less confident than I was for the for the Liverpool game. Because um, City rested players against Bournemouth and still won. Um, we're going to need like a, a vintage, like a really the same performance again. But I don't think City are going to make the same mistakes. So, yeah. what are you guys thinking for like the lineups? Same, similar, or bit of a change? I think uh, Bellerin will start. I think. Uh... I think Mustafi might, might come in. I'm not too sure. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know with Arteta. So, uh, midfield. Uh, I think Jack and Terrera. Midfield. I think it's what we're going to go with. Uh, I think it'll be Sack. I think it'll be uh, Abamyang, uh, Lacazette, and Saka. I don't think Pepe will start start in the in, in the on is it Saturday when we're playing mm-hmm. or Sunday. Saturday. Saturday. I don't. I don't think Pepe will start. Uh, but. That game, that game will be a tough test. I do think, especially the way we play, I think City just completely shred us, shred us apart. Like every single time, City, especially like our system is kind of weak to City, like to how City play. I do think we will have some trouble. Uh, Scoreline, I'm thinking three three nil City. If City score first, I'm I'm thinking City are going to score like three 0 something. If we score first, possibly two one to Arsenal. Teddy, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I think it's going to be really tough, isn't it? Um, I think, yeah, I'd play the two in midfield, the, um, the two, two arrow and Jack in midfield. I, I'd keep the back three how it is, actually, and I'd play Saka at left wing back again. Um, although I don't think it's the best position, I'd play, I'd also drop Pepe, I'd play Nelson on, on right forward um, with Lacazette and Bamiyo. I think that extra extra work rate um, is, is key. And I, I just, Pepe, just every time I watch him, he doesn't really impress. Um, I think his, his attitude and his contributions are, are limited. I don't think that's what we need on, on Saturday. I think we need a, um, a performance of character and commitment. I think Nelson offers that better. Yeah, Bellerin will come in because Cedric is cup tied. And yeah, I'd like to see Holding play, and I guess Louise has to play if we've got no one else. Like, but I mean, I, Louise is shocking. I mean, he's poor again yesterday. Yeah, it's just like you can tell, like, Arteta, does he rate him? I think he must. Like, he plays all the time. Well, a lot of the noise is coming out of the club is that he's actually very good in the dressing room, and mm. um, very good at mentoring the players, and the players have a lot of respect for his leadership. Uh, whether anyone actually rates him as a footballer, I don't really know. Like, I mean, I don't. Like, it was really poor again yesterday, despite the better defensive performance that was, um, notwithstanding David Luiz's like just constant inability to track a runner, like like with the Marley goal. I mean, I think clearly. I mean, one centre back he doesn't rate is Socrates. I just think Socrates should be sold. Because if he's not going to play, get him off the wage bill. Well, the room, room the play is, is he, yeah, he's 100% getting paid. He's yeah. got for, I don't know how much, probably minimal money, but it's more about getting him off the wage bill, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's probably wise. Because I think um, Arsenal are looking at that, like French centre-back from Nice, uh, Saar, something like that. Yeah, it's if, free if, agent in the summer, isn't it? Yeah, so if we can shift out um, Socrates' wages and bring in Saar instead and, like, Probably at least a centre back we could use. I mean, I I'd be all for that to be honest. Anything can be better than Socrates. Like he, I think he was a good servant to the club. But I think like whoever I I think it was Mister who sanctioned that, and I just think why would he sanction that? I mean, I was like, poor signing, like very short term, um, a lack of ambition kind of signing. Yeah, it's poor. I mean, um, yeah, Mavropano signed a new deal as well, just like just now. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, and he's gone back on loan. So we'll so we'll have Mavropanos, Saliba, Saliba. Uh, I mean, I can't wait till like when all the old centre backs actually leave, like Mustafi, Louis, Socrates. Ross is going to go. Chambers can go. Chambers was actually playing quite well before he, was he got quite well. I think he's I a good like squad player. He's a good squad player, but we we've got like five or six centre backs that we probably possibly could three. Years ago. Three or four, I'd say, like, we could get rid of, like, that could free up a lot of money. I think if you got rid of, like, the old ones and kept, like, Chambers and Holding as, like, your squad players, I'd be really happy with that. Yeah, Chambers and Holding, like, really decent squad players, but you will never even, not, let alone win the league, you'll struggle to ever get in the top four with, them, with, the, with either of them as your starting centre-backs. Like, they are average mid-table footballers at best. Yeah. We can have them as a squad players, play your open league, Carling Cup, whatever, but we need two or three better centre-backs than they are. In my opinion, as much, but I like the English spine and keeping them around. But like, they're they're not top quality options whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, any final words, predictions for the game, Teddy? I didn't think we got your prediction. Uh, two on Arsenal. 
God, he don't. Like, I mean, like, if I was a neutral, it'd be like 3 0 City, wouldn't it? But, like, 2 0, 2 1 Arsenal. Um, come from behind, 1 0 down, win 2 1. We did that a few years ago against City in the FA semi- Cup semi finals. Um, hmm. Monmouth Allen, Alexis with the goals. <laughs> I we could that could actually be replicated this year to be honest. So it could be yeah. very interesting. True. I mean, if if we don't get seventh, I think we we're, we're gonna we're gonna need to get to the FA Cup final for Europa League qualifiers. Well, we're like two points behind Spurs, aren't we? And then I don't know how many points we are behind um so whoever's in seventh place. So I think we don't. It's like Wolves, Wolves are like Leicester. No, but. If you do get, if you do, because if you win that, if, if you win that for a couple, I think if you get the final, you get Europa League qualifiers. I think so if you, you win, you get Europa League. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you win, you get the Europa League. I mean, yes. If we're in the FA Cup semi final, we're going to have to make some sort of petition to bring Aaron Ramsey back on a long game. Like, yes, 100%. He is like the deck. Wembley is his pitch. Like, he loves Wembley. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty, pretty good for to score the winner in one FA Cup final. To have done it twice in three years, <laughs> it must feel so good. Like, this is probably like a discussion for another podcast, but I think Aaron Ramsey is one of the best players of the Emirates era. Yeah. I think mean, yeah, that says a bit about the Emirates era as well. Yeah, mm. it definitely does. I mean, I, I loved Alexis. for he was Alexis was the best player of the Emirates era, but mm. Aaron Ramsey was my favourite player. Robin Van Persie was the best player of the Emirates era. Or Cesc Fabregas. Cesc Fabregas was my favourite. Mm. Or Fabregas, yeah. Van Persie, Fabregas. No, no, Santi Gazzola. Santi's, I mean... Ah, Santi I don't know, no. Santi, but, Santi was a I mean, for me, but... for me, for me, it had to be Alexis, actually. I, I love, fucking loved Alexis. Alexis, Alexis was, was so fucking good. good. What about Bamiyan? I love Aubameyang, but... Aubameyang's only been for like a year and a half, two years. Alexis. Boss is ever Arsenal player, 50 Premier League goals, though. If only he was here a bit earlier, like he would have, I think he would have broken on re-scoring record. I truly believe that. Potentially. Sweet. So, um, thanks for everyone for listening to this episode of the Shoot the Shot podcast. I will... Thanks to Leonard and Teddy for appearing on the episode. And I'll have their social media pages in the description below. Um, yeah, thanks for everyone for listening. This has been your host, Martin Wonder Furtado. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode.